certainty of it all. Lord, we need something that's rock solid. And so we ask, oh God, we ask, Lord, that we would see your word as, some, as a refuge to run to, as a resource for our souls, that you would be lifted high and glorified. Father, I pray that you would speak to this congregation in a mighty way, that you would continue what you started in the 9 a.m. service, and that you're going to continue on into the 115, that you speak to every heart, every mind, that lives would be transformed, that families would be made whole, that rebellion would be struck down, that you would be lifted high. Father, help us, O God, to worship you and honor you in all that we do, for we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are in week two of our new series called Roots. If you were here last week, we started the series speaking about how we needed to be rooted in Christ. Rooted in Christ. The importance of being rooted in Christ is the, is the essence of the Christian life. It's not being rooted in the circumstances of life. It's not being rooted in our uh, happiness or our, uh, or the issues of life. It's being rooted in Christ. Not a series of to-dos and to-don'ts, but being rooted in Christ. And out of that outflows um, all of the rest of the series and really all of the rest of the Christian life. Before we get into uh, today, I want to uh, speak to you about a person by the name of Morgan Spurlock. Who here has ever heard of Morgan Spurlock? Raise your hand. Right, not many of us, right? But you actually, you, you do. I think you might know him. Most of you do. Uh, Morgan Spurlock is a director and he usually stars in uh, his documentaries. And in around 2004, Morgan Spurlock uh, had a movie that I'm sure you all recognize. It was called Super Size Me. Does anybody remember that movie? Right. Oh, that, right. That's, that's Morgan Spurlock. Well, Morgan Spurlock, what happened was, is that Morgan Spurlock uh, saw that these fast food restaurants, that um, people were uh, suing these fast food restaurants because of the weight that they had gained. And so he did a documentary about fast food, if it actually does. And he did this 30-day challenge, this 30-day challenge to himself, where he would only eat McDonald's for 30 days and see what would happen. Now, he had four rules for his 30-day supersize me challenge. And it was this. If uh, there was, if he went to uh, McDonald's, it was only going to be a McDonald's, and if he went to McDonald's and they said, would you like to be supersized? Now, they don't do that anymore. That's, they, they decided not to do that anymore. But in 2004, that's all they would ask. Would you like to supersize that? And so they, the, the, uh, if only, he would only supersize if they asked him to. And so every time he, uh, they asked him to, he supersized. The only thing that he would eat is McDonald's. He wouldn't have any other food other than that which could be purchased in McDonald's. He would have to have everything on the menu at least once and he has to have three square meals a day. How do you think this went? Right? Let me tell you how, what happened. He gained, he gained in 30 days, listen to me, he, in just 30 days he gained 24 and a half pounds. 24 pounds in 30 days. If you're not sure how big that is, that is a two-month-old baby. Right? So imagine... Nine months of pregnancy, you gain that weight, then the kid comes out, you gain 16 more pounds, right? Because, you know, a baby will come out about 8 pounds. 24 pounds. If he did it for 10 months straight, he'd have gained 240 pounds in just 10 months. 
His liver turned to fat. In fact, his doctor said that his liver was in the same condition as a binge drinker uh, would be if he had drank for years. His liver turned into fat. His cholesterol shot up 65 points. I don't even know what that means, but it doesn't sound good at all, right? 65 points. His, he had, uh, his body fat turned, um, uh, went up between 11 and 15 percent during that time. He doubled his risk of coronary heart disease in just 30 days. He doubled his risk coronary heart disease. He found himself depressed and exhausted. His uh, libido went down, and all the guys go, gosh, man, I ain't going to go to McDonald's ever again, right? And it's like, um, he had bad mood swings. He had bad mood swings. And he had massive cravings and massive headaches. Here is the principle that Morgan uh, Spurlock was working under. That which you put in your body actually affects your body. It's not like a, it's not like a, you don't have to be a Christian to believe this. That all you have to do is just have like Haagen-Dazs for the next 30 days and you'll see that that which you put in your body eventually affects every part of your body. Now, we understand and we know this is true. It's why we have so many different types of diets. We have the South Beach diet. We have the, what is it, the, um, uh, carb diet, no carb diet. We have the, uh, you know, yeah, we have every diet that you can possibly imagine. There's, I mean, just millions of dollars worth of books sold every year about new fads and new diets. Now, the thing is, we understand that physically. But the rub is, is that this principle is something that God has been trying to speak to us for thousands of years, but not with food, with what we take in spiritually. And so the rub is, is that that same effect happens with what, with the conversations that we have, with the music that we listen to, with the movies that we watch, with the shows that we're addicted to, with the radios that we listen to, and the words that we read. It affects every aspect of our lives. God knows this about us, and so he put this in his word. Now, I want you to know that by the end of today, I'm going to ask you to take our house 30-day challenge. Not to eat McDonald's, not to gorge on fast food restaurant, but I'm going to give you a 30-day restaurant. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to commit in your heart. I'm going to do, because I'm not going to ask you to do anything bad in 30 days, so just commit yourself. You know what? I'm going to do the 30-day challenge. It's coming soon, but I just want you to agree that you're going to do it. That it's going to be a part of your life. That for the next 30 days, you're going to do what I'm asking you to do. Now, last week, you'll remember, we said we started being rooted in Christ. And everything flows out of being rooted in Christ. Uh, you, you make a horrible mistake as a, person, as a follower of Jesus Christ if you try to do all these little details of what the Christian life looks like and not follow Christ. That's called legalism. It's called religion. And it'll suck your life dry. You'll become absolutely weak and disheartened in the Christian life. But the, uh, the Christian life is not a flow to have God love us. It's a flow from God's love for us. And so we can do the things that God does, that God wants us to do, because God will do it in us. Now last week, if you're not sure, if you're not sure about everything I just said in the last 30 seconds, you simply have to go back. You can get a free uh, listening uh, uh, at our... Uh, podcast or our website. If you 
if that's not your thing, that's, you know, you just a CD person, you can go to the sound booth uh, in the back and you can purchase uh, for very little money. Um, you can purchase a CD that you can play in your car. That was last week. Now, last week was being rooted in, anybody know? Christ. Yes. This week is going to be, we're going to talk about being rooted in the Word. Last week was rooted in Christ. And remember, everything flows out of last week. The next seven weeks are going to flow out of last week. This week is going to be rooted in the Word. We need to be rooted in the Word because the fact is, is that you and I know, and this is, we know this in the physical world, garbage in, garbage out. You are what you eat. This is not shocking. This is not surprising. But it is, for some reason, surprising to discover this principle is true also in the Spirit. And so what I want you to do is I want you to recognize that God wants your best. It's so important that you listen to today. Listen to me. Listen to me. Every single sin, every single heartache that I've ever had, sin that I've ever experienced, was an experience derived from a lack of knowing God's Word. I can't tell you, has this ever happened to you? This has happened to me a ton of times. Where I've come to congregate with the believers... I just finished sinning horribly. I feel horrible about it. I come, I congregate with the believers. I sit down. I open God's Word. The preacher starts preaching. And I go, I wish I would have known that a week ago. Because it would have spared me so much heartache. Listen to me. The thing is, is that God's Word's been there for thousands of years. And it's not like God is keeping it a secret. And so God has His Word for you, not to harm you, but to bless you, to keep you from the harm that would befall you if you did not follow His Word. So listen to me. Listen to me. If this message will affect the way you relate in your marriage. It will affect the way you raise your kids. This message will have an influence on how you date and how you deal with sickness. And how you have, uh, in the friends that you rely, uh, uh, surround yourself with, this message will affect every single area of your life. In fact, if you miss the point of this message, if right now you're like, uh, I don't know, trying to count all the lights in the room, or you're just figuring like, when is this guy gonna be over? Right, right. If you're, if that's what you're doing now, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss a message that is geared for your joy. That, that joy is going to be bound up in this message. That you're going to, to the degree that you listen and listen to and obey this message is to the degree that you're going to have regret or no regret in your life. Suffering or no suffering. And I'm telling you guys, everything is locked up into this. So we're going to talk about being rooted in God's Word. Now, one of our traditions in, um, in our congregation is simply this. We stand when we read God's Word. God's Word is awesome and wonderful and holy. So we stand because it's other than and it's amazing. So um, if you reverence God, you want to stand um, because we're going to hear the words of God. Um, I'm going to read this with you and, uh, and then I'm going to give you a little background explanation about what we just read, and then we'll get right into it, okay? So, let's do it. Uh, on the count of three, everybody read, nice and loud, okay? One, two, three. How can a young person stay on a path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord, 
Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. May God bless the hearing and the reading of his glorious word. Okay, so... The biggest psalm, here, listen to me. If you ever win this uh, question in a trivia show, I want you to tithe here. Okay, here it is. It's, what's the longest chapter in all of the scriptures? Anybody know? It's Psalm 119. It's the, the, a portion of which we just read. What's interesting is, God knows that His Word is so special that the subject that He gives the most airtime to, in terms of just sheer tonnage, in terms of uh, chapters, is Psalm 119. It is the longest, it's, it's longer than some books, if I, um, uh, some uh, Bible books. Um, if you took the time to read uh, uh, Psalm 119, it, it might take you 10-15 minutes. It, it's, a, it's just one incredibly long passage. And the focus of the passage, get this, the focus of the passage is the wonder and the beauty of God's Word. What the, what the chapter does, the, psalm, the psalmist who wrote the chapter was literally did an acrostic. He took every letter of the Hebrew Bible put eight verses on each letter and spoke about God's Word. Could you imagine doing that exercise, right? Like in English, A, right? All of Scripture is God-breathed, like first verse, right? And then A again, because it's eight verses for every letter. It's like, um, uh, aha, God's Word is wonderful, right? You know, um, and you just did, and you started every sentence with A for eight verses, and then you did that with B, and you did eight um, sentences, and you did that with C, and you went all through the alphabet, speaking of the glorious majesty of God's Word. Well, that's what this psalmist does here. And because he's trying to get a point, he's not trying to be slick and cool, he's trying to get a point across that God's Word is relevant for us today, that God's Word is priceless and beautiful. Listen to me. It's His Word. If the King of the universe burned a hole through the wall, walked in here, and said, I don't know about you, but I'd be on the edge of my seat. What word would He say? Well, we don't have to wait for Him to burn a hole through the wall, because the fact is, is that He's given us His Word in His book. We have His Word And this is why God wants us to have, because in this particular section, now there's a million reasons why God wants us to read His Word, but in this particular section, it highlights to avoid suffering and pain. God wants us to avoid suffering and pain, and the word that He uses is sin. I want to avoid, I want you to avoid sin. I want you to avoid heartache. I want you to avoid suffering. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay in my word. He starts off, the psalmist does, in this particular section, with an unbelievably powerful question. Here it is. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Isn't that a good question? You see, you can ask this question in a million different ways. You can ask, you can say, hey, how can a mom keep herself from exploding on her kids? Or you can ask the question this way. How can a girl keep herself from gossiping? Or you can ask the question this way. How can a boy keep himself from peer pressure? 
Or this way, a spouse keep himself from adultery. Or the elderly person keep themselves from despair or depression. Or family keep themselves from drifting apart. Or father keep himself from ignoring his children. Or single person keep themselves from lust. Or businessman keep himself from greed. Or teen keep herself from pornography. Or a woman keep herself from bulimia. Or a child keeping themselves from overeating. Or an addict keeping themselves from drug addiction. Or a young girl keep herself from cutting. How do I avoid these pains and these sufferings, these difficulties and these heartaches? How do I avoid these train crashes of life. That's what the psalmist begins this section with. So it's really, really important because listen to me, you're asking the question, how can I keep myself from having a failing marriage? How can I keep myself from being uh, uh, so obsessed about an individual that when they leave, I die inside and that when they stay, I'm somehow elated? How do I keep myself from that? How do I keep myself from hating myself enough to eat enormous amounts of food and then and then regurgitating that food as soon as I finish eating it and living with the shame of that. How do I keep myself from speaking these sinful words to myself? Here, here's what God would say. By living according to your word. Do you hear that? Listen to me. God didn't just say reading or speaking fondly of. But it's living according to your word. Now, the only way we're going to actually live according to God's word is actually open the darn thing up. Isn't it true? And forgive me for saying darn, but, um, but you know, just we're going to have to actually open God's sacred holy word up. Because God is saying, how can I keep myself from all the tragedies, from all the statistics that I can't stand and don't want to be a part of? God is saying, open the word and live according to it. I have some pain that you can avoid. I have some suffering that you can go around. I have some terrible, terrible consequences that you could circumvent. And here's how. Listen, living according to his word. How can a young person keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. You know, that is a, that is a statement of someone who's been there and done that. Isn't that true? Right? That's a statement of someone who's gone down the wrong road and said, oh dear. Have you ever done that? Right? You only need to have a, listen, you only need to have a, a Garmin uh, uh, or a TomTom uh, directional thing, right? Um, you know, GPS. And you only have to just go, you know, it says, uh, make a right. And you go, nah, I know which way I'm going. And then wind up in the South Bronx somewhere, right? One of those projects and stuff like that, right? right with, all right, my Bronx people, I love y'all. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like on Halloween at like 11 o'clock at night, that's all you need to do, right? Because you disobeyed, right? You only need to go, oh, please, rerouting, rerouting, yes, please. Right? Well, you only, need to, you only need to deviate from God's word but once to see, oh God, I don't know better than you. I don't want to go in a direction. He, goes, he says, the psalmist says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin 
against you. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why have I hidden your word in my heart? So that I might not sin against you. Now here's the problem. The reality for us, you and me, in this room and listening to me on podcasts or wherever you are, the problem is, is that we haven't hidden God's word in our heart. We've hidden corruption and sin. We've hidden deceit. Listen, some of you have words that you tell yourself that you'd have no friends if you told it to them. You say words to yourself that are despicable and terrible and that, that strike your heart down. God says, don't hide those words in your heart. Hide my word in your heart. And some of us, we have sin and reservation. We have, we have a better... Listen, we figured out how to build a better Mousetrap. We don't need God's word. We know how to do, we know how to do life our way. We know how to, and God says, don't hide that in your heart. You hide that in your heart and it produces something. You hide those reservations in your heart and it produces something. You hide things in your heart and it serves something. So let me tell you some of it, and this might just explain a whole error of your life. What happens is, is that you hide something in your heart and you, and you act out on the wickedness, and you feel terrible about what you've done, but then you start hiding things in your heart again, habitually, and then you hide it in your heart, then you act out on it, then you feel terrible, but guess what starts to happen? Then you start, you feel terrible, so you say, I'm not going to do that ever again, which is like two weeks long, right? Forever is like two weeks, evidently, right? And so, right, so I'm not going to do it for like forever, which at least means 14 days. And so, I start hiding things in my heart. Listen to me, I'm explaining to you your 20s. Hide it in your heart. And if some of you, listen to me, some of you have been falling again and again. And you ask yourself, you look at the rearview mirror, you're going through life, you look at the rearview mirror of your life, you look down and you go, how did I get here? God goes, you hid something in your heart that wasn't my word, and it produced something. You know, you look back on that relationship and you go, holy cow, how could I have talked myself into being with that person. God says, I know, you hit something in your heart that produced something. You, you look back on your life and you go, how did I get to that jail sentence? How did I get to that addiction? How did I get to that food binging? How did I get to cutting myself? You look at the rearview mirror of your life, you go, how did I get here? And God goes, I know, I know, I know. You hit it in your heart and it produced something and God goes I know since you're going to produce what comes out of your heart because God's word says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart you will do because the Bible says that listen to me God has a solution he says why not then hide my word in your heart thy word have I hidden in my heart for what why so that I might not sin against you. I was talking to a young lady. It broke my heart. It was one of those heartbreaking conversations. You've had these before. And I'm talking to her. This has happened to me so many times. I can't tell you. Um, I'm talking to the girl. And, and she's telling me. And, and this is at one time. She just, she just wanted Jesus so bad. She loved Jesus. She would pursue Jesus. She came to the services. And I just, man, God put her on my heart. And so I called her. And I just said, hey, man, you know, it's been a while. We missed you. Love you so much. Um, what's going on? Well, you know what? I just don't believe that stuff anymore. Now, now, listen to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you, let me tell you that doesn't happen by accident. Let me tell you what happened. What happened was, is that in her heart was not hidden God's word. And so a tragedy came right after that. A tragedy. You understand what I'm talking about? A tragedy. 
lose a loved one, you know, uh, your health goes south. A tragedy happened in her life. And because she had no word hidden in her heart, she went to the next best thing on her list for comfort, and that was sin. And so she found comfort in her sin. And then she surrounded people around herself. She surrounded herself with people who were far from God, wanted nothing to do with God. And after years of them pouring into her, after the pain and suffering that she experienced, and then went to sin, and then they talked to her enough about Jesus isn't real, and the Bible isn't true, and all this other stuff. Now she's come to the conclusion. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because she did not have God's Word hidden in her heart. See, because when, listen to me, life is going to happen to you. You're going to experience difficulties and traumas and, and, and unsavory moments. You're going to experience stuff that you can't possibly imagine. That stuff that you see other people go through and you go, man, that'll never happen to me. It's going to happen to you because life is like that. And when you experience it, you're going to either, you're either going to be trapped and crippled because you do not have God's word hidden in your heart or you're going to have God's word hidden in your heart so that when temptation comes in. And when the temptation... She couldn't say, no temptation, I'm not... She couldn't say, uh, no temptation has seized you except when it's common to man. And God is faithful. Uh, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He'll provide a way out so that He could stand up under it. She couldn't do that. She couldn't do that because she didn't have God's Word hidden in her heart. When condemnation came her way... Uh, she couldn't say, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering and so He condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live according to the flesh but live according to your spirit. See, she didn't have God's word. When God's word, when, when, when temptation came in for depression, and it was either a choice of worshiping God or going deeper into self, she didn't have, she did not have, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Blessed be the man. Who pursues the Lord? She didn't have that hidden in her heart. And when when the when the, when the thoughts came and when the demons came and when the trouble came, she had nothing to undergird her relationship. Listen to me. When the when the when the sin came, interrupted her life, and she was just like, "Oh man, I'm such a loser. I'm such." A, she had she had no scripture to guard her heart. That's it. When, when the nightmare and the suffering came, she didn't know Romans 8.28. She didn't know, and we know, that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. See, she didn't have God's Word hidden in her heart, so when the storms came, she knew not how to navigate the seas. It was the Scripture. So God says, since it's going to happen... It's going to happen. There's no avoiding it. God's Word promises that you and I will suffer. You're going to get sick. Spouses are going to disappoint. Kids are going to break your heart. Since it's going to, since it's going to happen, God says, hide your Word in my heart. Hide your Word. Hide. I'm going to hide God's Word in my heart because it's in His Word that I find a defense for my soul. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me 
your decrees teach me, God. Because when I read this word, sometimes I don't understand what I'm speaking. I don't, know, I don't understand what I'm reading. It's just too much for me. I take it in and I try to take it in and I forget it five seconds later. So here's how. Start going, God, teach me. You're the best teacher. This is the, and here, listen, listen to me. Here's the difference, right? If you've ever been to college, if you've ever been to school, high school, or anything like this, the difference between this textbook and the textbook that you went through, you know, like you had math textbooks and science textbooks and history textbooks, and some of y'all, right, you're in college now and you have all sorts of different textbooks. And listen to me, the difference between this textbook and the textbook that you find in your classroom is that you have access to the author of this textbook. And so you can actually go to the author and say, now you got problems, listen, you got problems with your math textbook, you need to hire yourself some, some tutor who's going to help you walk through that and just go, exactly what does Y represent and why does Y represent that number? You got a problem with that, you're going to have to represent, you're going to have to get some help from somewhere else. Here, you can actually contact the author of the text and say, God, God, make your praise be to you. Lord, teach me. Teach me your precious word. Speak to my heart. Listen to me. I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I want with all my heart for you guys to get into God's word. Because here's the deal. And here's what the scripture is teaching. I want you to understand that either the scriptures will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the scriptures. But they won't both exist. And that's today's big idea. Either God's word will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from God's Word. And so I want with all my heart for you to just dive into God's Word. That's what it means to be rooted in the Word. is to be rooted in the Scriptures because the Word will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Word. With my lips I recount all the laws from your mouth. Isn't that good news? So he doesn't just memorize it, but he repeats it over and over and over again, asking God to reinforce and dig deep the words that God has given him. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. It's such a joy to read God's word. It's such a pleasure. I meditate on your precepts and consider your Ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect. I will not neglect your word. So listen, brothers, sisters, I want with all my heart for you to be in God's word. Listen to, listen to me. What I'm about to say is very important. There was a moment in time where the word of God came to earth and shared with us the word from God. You'll remember it's in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's Christ himself. Christ himself. That when we start looking at God's word, the reason that we delight in it is because we see Jesus. We get to know Jesus. We get to love and seek after and honor and want to know about and follow and obey Jesus. But if you don't know God's word, there's no wonder. There's no wonder why your Christian walk is so empty and vain and weak and, 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 and anemic. It's because you don't know God's word. You don't know God's Word. And when you don't know God's Word, you don't know the Word. He who is the Word. Jesus is the Word. And so He beckons you. And so the Word became flesh and dwelt among us so that He could live the life that you should have lived but did not. And He could die the death that you deserve to die but don't have to. 
No pit so deep that he's not deeper still. There's no sin so great that he's not greater still. And you would know that. In 1 John 1, 9. Anybody know that? Anybody in the discipleship group knows that? For, um, First John, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when Satan comes in and says, you see, you're a loser, you messed up on that thing again. But I go, oh, but God's Word says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When worry comes in because you don't know where your next check is going to come to, come from, What scripture could you possibly recite to God to remind yourself, oh, but I'm going to boast in the Lord. I'm not going to boast in my riches. I will boast in the Lord. What scriptures were you going to say when you're, listen to me, because the word, listen to me, the word became flesh so that the word could dwell in you. It's for you. This is a gift for you. Don't neglect the word. So, here's the problem. Everything that I'm asking you to do, that I'm going to ask you to do, you can't do. You can't, in your own strength, you can't do it. If you could do it, you'd have done it by now. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you, remember the challenge that I told you? I said I'm going to have a 30-day challenge. I'm going to have a 30-30. It's called our 30 and 30 challenge. I'm going to have it for you in just a few minutes. Listen to me. Every one of you are going to want to do it. I'm going to preach my heart on it. I'm going to, I'm going to beg you. I'm going to try to convince you. I'm going to use, ask the Holy Spirit, even as I speak to you, to impress upon you to read God's Word. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to your third thou, and you're out. Right? You're going to get to your third thou, and you're going to be like, oh no. Oh no. You're going to get to your fourth begat, and you're going to be like, uh-huh, I tried. Right? And so, listen to me. Here's, listen to me. You can't do it. You can't do it. So let's just confess. I can't do it. I tried to read God's word. It doesn't make sense to me because the word of God has to be spiritually illuminated. It has to come from Jesus himself. Jesus himself has to make his word come alive in your soul and in your life. But listen to me. Listen to me. So it starts here. It starts by going, word of God. Word of God, come into my life. I I admit. I admit that I don't know what I'm doing, that my ways are not your ways, that I have a lifestyle that is not in your will. Lord, please speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Receive me as your kid. I confess my sins to you. Remember, it's just the scripture we just said. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. He'll do it. He'll do it. You go, but you don't understand what pit I've come from. It's all right, he'll do it. No, but God can't possibly love me. For God so loved, insert your name. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You ain't to, listen, you're part of the world, right? That means God so loved you. You're not sure how much God loves you? Just look at the cross. He says, Jesus says, I love you this much. He stretches out his arms and dies. He pays for our sins. He loves us to the very core. And so God would say, first thing is receive Christ into your life. Say, Jesus, I, you know what? I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived my own life. I've, I've strayed in such a direction as to receive some of the consequences. And I don't want those consequences anymore. Would you come into my life? I want, to, I want you to be the boss of my body. 
And so, God becomes the boss of our body by faith. And so, we're, uh, He's the boss of our body by faith. And then we can go to God and we can say, now, God, help illuminate your word. Now, in, the, in, the, um, in your bulletin, look at me. In your bulletin, I want you to open up. You have a blue sheet like this. Blue sheet like this. So who here? Listen, I'm going to give you a 30-day challenge to read your Bible. Who here wants to do that 30-day challenge? Who's going to do that 30-day challenge? Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I want to see you. I want to see you. Yeah. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you. Alright, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a 30 and 30. Now, why is it 30 and 30? Because we're going to do reading and listening. Reading and listening. Reading and listening. Here's the thing. Remember what we said? Remember what we said about um, how we, uh, we know for sure that there's a principle of putting food into your body and how it affects the rest of your body, your weight, your liver, your heart, and all that stuff? Well, so it is. So here, the reason that some of us fall into the same sin over and over again is because we have a cycle of, of, of diet. That is hurting us. And so I'm going to try to break that cycle, right? I know for me, um, um, and this, man, this has happened quite a few times. I got to really be careful. You got to be careful about what, I have to be careful about what I watch. Listen, don't be shocked if you let your little eight-year-old, you know, junior, because you think it's so cute, let him watch violent movies. Don't be shocked if he's violent at 14. Like, don't let that surprise you, right? He's, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, playing games, uh, you know, like whatever the, the whatever the newest games are, I don't know. But when they're, you know, when they're calling women by names and kicking them on the ground, and that's fun, that's joy. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked at his divorce proceedings. Don't be don't be surprised because what you put into your life it absolutely bears fruit. It, it does every time. I know this is true for me. Um, one time, my wife and I, we don't have a television, so we, were, we, we subscribed to this particular thing where you could watch movies on your, um, on your computer, on your laptop. So we were watching this series, and it was one of those HBO Showtime shows. You know what I'm saying? Right? And so we watched like two of them. We watched like two or three of them. I can't remember, but we watched like two or three back to back. It was like, a, you know how they have the whole season? And so I was, I was watching them and I, I went, I turned to my wife and I said, those were expletive good. I said, I, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said it. I was like, you know, it was just like, it was like, those were bleeping good. And I was like, holy cow. Oh my goodness. And my wife was looking at me and I was like, I don't know why I just said that. She goes, I do. I do because we have just seen two or three hours worth of this show. And that which comes in must come out. You know, isn't it true that some of you, when you got ready for clubs back in the day when you used to get back into clubs, right? How many Palladium people in the house, right? Little Palladium people, right? Yeah, yeah. Little old, limelight folks. Any limelighters? Yeah. Little old, little old now. I don't even know the names of the clubs, and don't you scream them out, because it'll make me worried for you, okay? Here's the deal. When you were getting ready for those clubs, what would you do? You would turn on the music. Sure you would. You'd be like, oh yeah, putting on your lipstick, putting on your best dress, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, why would you do that? Let me tell you something, because you understood a principle that God is trying to tell you for years and years. That that which you avail yourself to eventually comes out of you. 
And so you need to avail yourself to different things. So that's why this challenge is going to exist. 30-day reading, Bible reading challenge. Let's look at it really quickly, okay? As the musicians come up. The 30-day Bible reading challenge is you can actually read the entire New Testament in 30 days. This is for our overachievers. This is for our overachievers. This is going to be way, 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 way too much for you if you're here. Now watch this. If... If this is too much, here's what I want you to do. Are you ready? I want you to write this down because it's not on this piece of paper. I want you to read a proverb a day. That's it. A proverb a day. The book of Proverbs has 31 uh, chapters to it. So if you read a chapter of Proverbs a day and just go, I don't know what proverb to start with. What, whatever today is. What's today's day? Start on the 14th. The 14th chapter of Proverbs. And just start reading one chapter a day. And just let God's word start illuminating. Now, that's going to be 99% of you, right? But for the 1% of you who are overachievers, you're going to do the New Testament in 30 days. Very aggressive. Maybe you can do three chapters in the morning, three chapters in the afternoon, three chapters in the evening. That's for the overachievers. But you're going to get avail yourself to God's word. Now, if you're going to do this, now, and again, I want to see your hands again. Uh, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? Okay, now watch this. Look at me. Take a picture. You're only going to do this if you've got a place, a time, and a pleasure. Everybody say that with me. A place, a time, and a pleasure. Listen to me. You will not do this if you're not intentional about it. So place. My place is in my office. I'm in my office very, very early in the morning because I lost my home, and so we're all packed into this one room. I can't, I can't pray the way I need to. Um, in a fervent way in, um, in the environment that we're living in now. So I need to go to my office. So that's my place. My time, 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 in the morning, that's good for me because I gotta, I, my day is so crazy, wheels off, that if I, don't, if I don't do it early, I won't do it. That's just the way I'm wired. If I don't do it early, I won't do it. So I just go, okay, you know, Facebook could wait, emails could wait, everything could wait. It's all, now, place, my office, Time, 6.30 for me. I don't care if you do it at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't, I don't care if you do it at 11 o'clock at night. Whatever works for you. Just do it when you're most alert and when you're most focused, right? Place, time, pleasure. Now, here's how you develop a habit. Let me, let me tell you what happens. Watch this. I'm going to explain to you some of your history, right? When you combine a sin with a pleasure... You know what we call that? Addiction. That's what you keep on going back to again and again and again. I got an idea. Why don't we combine a pleasure with the scriptures? You know what we call that? Addiction going in the right direction. Okay? Got it? Okay, so now here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Now watch this. I tell this to everybody who, who starts a new Bible reading program. If you know me, you know what I'm going to say. Find the pleasure and make it a reward for reading the scriptures. Whatever it is. It could be, it could be your Starbucks coffee. You know, every morning you go and you get your card. Now tell yourself, I'm not going to get my Starbucks coffee if I don't do my scripture reading. That's it. If I, the reward for me, for some of you, it's Facebook. You're like, you're Facebook fiends, right? You love your Facebook, right? Woo! I can't believe Donna put that on her timeline. Yeah, I know. Um... Now watch this. Don't go on Facebook unless you've read your scriptures. 
it's a reward. For some of you, it's a cookie. Don't have your cookie at night. For some of you, it's a TV show. For some of you, I don't care what it is, but make it a reward for your... So I did this with my kids. We were doing family devotionals. And so here's what I did. I simply... Um, uh, because I'm, I'm not into like really junk food. I don't like a whole lot of junk food. You shouldn't either. It's, it's not good for you, but, but, uh, I understand. I know. I'm, another sermon. Another sermon. Watch this. Got off the track. Here, here it is. Listen to me. What I did was, I got, um, oh god, it's not ice cream. Um, frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Thank you. Um, it, it was frozen yogurt. I got frozen yogurt and I would only allow my kids to have the frozen yogurt chocolate. Really tasty. And the other one was red velvet. Ooh, wow. It was tremendous. Right. Right. Atiana remembers because she was at my house when we used to do this and she would come over. She would only come over for the Devo times, by the way. This worked. No, I'm kidding. Actually, she would, uh, no, no. Um, she's a great friend of the family. But listen to me. Listen to me. What we did is we, every time, you know what would happen? My kids would go to me and she, they would say, when are we going to do Devo? I'll be like, look at you, little Miss Spiritual. Already ready to read your word. You know why? Because we, we, we put pleasure with the scriptures. We put pleasure with the scriptures. And if you do that, you'll lock it in. If you put a time, if you, if you put a place, you put a time, you put a pleasure, you will lock in your Bible reading time. So for those of you, just a chapter a day, Proverbs, whatever day you're on, if it's the 23rd, do the 23rd chapter. If you blow it one day, don't care that much. Just start the next day. Just start the day that you, you realize, oh, I blew it yesterday. Okay, great. Start today again. Okay. Is that fair? Is this too much? Is it, we're keeping it simple. Okay. Right. All right. For those of you who are now, now, now watch this. Look at this. Now, what we're also going to have you do is I only want you to listen to one radio station. Now, you know, I get no money for directing you to this radio station. You understand this, right? I'm not trying to, uh, I'm, this is not for my benefit, this is for your benefit. In fact, I did this, true story, when I was growing, um, when I was growing um, uh, in the Lord, and I first came to Christ, I had to stop listening to some of the stuff, because it started, I, I, rec- I realized that it started to um, cause uh, an emotion inside of me that wasn't good. Right? I would be a little bit more on edge. I would have a chip on my shoulder and all that other stuff. So you know what happened? I started to, and back then, the only station I knew was this old organ playing hymns. I know all the hymns because of this radio station. I wanted to drive my mom, when I first started, I wanted to drive my Monte Carlo off the Williamsburg Bridge and take two or three people with me. It was awful. I would, I would be listening to the hymns and it would be like, I was like, oh God. And so, but watch this, watch this. God started to work some stuff out in my heart. And so I'm now, so watch this. So for 30 days, you're going to, and we have bumper stickers. We've got downloads all in the back. Yes, they're all in the back. And I want you to see it. Now, listen to me. Imagine if you took this next 30 days seriously. Imagine if you took that seriously. Imagine if you just said, you know what? I'm not just going to say I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually do it. Your life would be, a, your husband wouldn't recognize this. Your wife would say, who, where is my husband and what have you done with him? Right? Listen to me. Listen to me. Because remember at the beginning when we said um, uh, the, the food challenge and how he gained weight? Watch. I want you to see something. Um, we, ha- we have a picture of someone who um, had a lot of weight on them. Her name is Joanne. Everybody see Joanne here? Joanne was very, very large, but she couldn't. Listen to me. You could, you could tell Joanne to lose weight. She couldn't lose it. 
You could tell her about the South Beach. She goes, I know all about the South Beach diet. I know all about the carb-free diet. I know all about this diet. I know it wasn't, an, it wasn't an issue of quitting. It was staying quit. It wasn't an issue of... So she needed help. So you know what happened? She went to a doctor. They, they, they did a procedure, an operation, where they fixed some things inside of her. And now, Joanne looks like this. Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat? But watch this. There's another person in this congregation. Right? And that's what she used to look like, Sabrina. Um, and so she would look like this. And again, it wasn't an issue of willpower. Come on, you can do it. You listen, listen to me, listen to me. You can't do it. If, you'd, if you could do it, you'd have done it by now. You can't do it. Right? So what happened with her, what happened with her is that they cut her open. They did some work inside of her. And it affected the outside of her. And now she looks like that. Amazing. Right? Now watch this. We got one more person. I love this picture in particular. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Who is that? Who could that possibly be? Right? This is just so cute. You just want to pinch the cheeks. Okay. And so, now watch this. Watch this. She couldn't do it on her own. And so, they went inside. They changed some stuff inside of her. And now she looks like this. Okay. Now watch me. Now watch me. You can't do what I'm asking you to do. But there's a surgeon who comes inside and changes things in your heart, transforms you from the inside. He says, if you invite me in, I'll stay. If you invite me in, I'll transform. If you invite me in, I'll correct. His name is Jesus, and he wants to work on your behalf for his glory and your joy. And so, so here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. By the, at the end of the service, you see at the bottom up here, say, I blank witness that blank is going to do the 30-30 challenge. If you're going to do it on the second blank, I want you to write your name. Not the first blank. On the second blank, I want you to write your name. And then after we're done with this song, you're going to find somebody to witness. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's very important. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to help each other. You're going to help each other. And so, whoever you're going to ask, you're going to ask, hey, put your name first. So it's going to be, let's say, for instance, Francis. Let's say Francis said, hey, I want to do this 30-day challenge, Pastor Edwin. She, Francis would put her name on the second blank. And then she would give it to me, and I would say, oh, I, Edwin Cologne, witnessed that Francis Hoey is going to do the 30-30-day challenge. And then you know what I would do? Because I know and love Francis. After about day three, I would go, So Francis, how are you doing? How's it going? And you love each other. And so you're going to help each other do this. And you're going to grow in Christ. Listen to me. You can do this. Because Jesus is going to help you. And so, are you going to do it? All right, we're going to be rooted in God's word. Remember, either the scriptures will keep us from sin or sin. Will keep us from the scriptures. So won't you just stand with me? Won't you stand? We're going to sing.